Before we do all the other stuff that I want to do here, um, who would say no? What if the Warriors said, you know what? This may not make a ton of sense because we have a really good chance here again. Because I don't think it's necessarily the demise of the Warriors. It's just trying to figure out who I'm scared of in the West. What if they offered Durant for Anthony Davis? I'm strictly trying to get you to say something that gets yeah, caught. Yeah, I know. You're trying to aggregate yeah, me. Aggregate you. Um, Woj loves it when I do this to him. Well, Anthony Davis's contract is longer. Technically, yeah. You know, um, the, the the hot take that I've had on this is Ooh. that the uh, the Sixers should offer Ben Simmons for him. We just got done talking about Ben Simmons. Yeah. So, so Rudy asked me about S- Simmons, and I don't know if you'll agree or disagree. It depends, you know, if we talk to. I'm sure there's some overlap there. But I think the the average NBA fan would be surprised how off certain teams are now of Ben Simmons. Well, it's just um, when you go into the playoffs, it's like playing with a weight tied around your ankle. Um, I mean, I kind of believe that Ben Simmons isn't a point guard. I, I think he might be like a a center. I mean, like a new age center. I mean, I know he can't guard Joel Embiid, but... Most people can't, right? Right. So. I mean, but like there are... <laughs> I know that sounds sort of shocking. I don't like mean like for 40 minutes a game, but. Well, he's not going to play the two. He's not going to play the three. No. And now with stretch fours. So if he can't shoot or if he's never going to develop it or he's just deciding because he's like that. The problem there is that I would ask him to take two bad outside shots a game. Yes, without question. Just feel comfortable. Let that translate from all the, the workouts to actually when it's real. In a lot of ways, you can evaluate a guy as a shooter by how many threes he attempts. Kind of like you can evaluate a. A guy by how many free throws he gets because some guys don't want to go to the line. Like Lonzo Ball, he gets like two free throws a game because he never goes because he doesn't because he doesn't want to. I, miss him. I right. don't know what's in his head, but I can assume that. But the fact that Ben Simmons like won't even shoot it, um, you know, like there's just like you, that's an, that's an accommodation you have to make in a playoff series that is difficult to overcome when your ball handler doesn't have to be respected as a shooter. It really hampers your offense. And not only that, but Joel does not like to play on the perimeter. His preference would be to play inside. So it just makes the spacing very difficult in a playoff setting. Now, they are good enough and they have enough talent that they can overcome certain teams. But at the highest level, when you're asking them to beat the Celtics or the Raptors four out of seven, it's just going to be hard. I know he does a lot of positive things. He does, and I don't want to make it sound like this is hating him. I just think it's always... Really cool, and I don't. I'm making it sound like a positive. It's great to get to talk to people, man. It's one of my favorite things. And every now and then you hear something that's like so eye opening, and you're like, wow. But the tides of how the league can feel about players at different yeah. times, and sometimes it can be too quick. And then you think, hey, remember when everybody was off of this guy? Like that was that was too much. Like all too many of you guys are negative about this guy. But the switch of what Simmons could be to the realization of what he is and those limitations, and unfortunately for him too. Again, Bede's kind of the worst guy he could be a teammate with. Yeah, I mean, S- Simmons, I've had guys who I believe in tell me that he is a miniature Magic Johnson. And I have other other guys say that he'll never work with Joel Embiid. And I respect I respect the people, both people who give the opinion. And it's <clears throat> that's one of the reasons why when you spitball, like what Anthony Davis trades could there be, Ben Simmons has come up. Because it's um, it's it's a strange fit, and if you're gonna if you're gonna be willing to come off of him, it's got to be for something great. 
Um, yeah, there's a strange fit, but I mean, Davis actually perimeter wise is so good. You know, watch him in that Warriors game again. I mean, there's just little nights where I watch him and reminding me of like, we, we, he's I really playing. Think, I think he's phenomenal. the best player in the league. I, I, don't, I don't, he's amazing. So, you know, I kid around with the Durant thing because, and we'll get into some of this stuff, but I feel like the Warriors over the years have, have felt confident about certain things. This I don't sense is the same level of confidence. I think there's a real, we're not sure what's going to happen here with Durant. Uh, they would never do it because you keep this group together. It still gives you your best right. chance to win with a ring. You don't mess Although with that kind of thing. I will say this. I was talking to a general manager today, and he was saying, what surprise guy could be available? What do you think? Who could be available? You know, we were, we were having this discussion. And we went over a couple of guys. What do you think about this guy? Well, I could see that. Nah, I don't see that. So when you say that, yeah, you're having a talking uh, point, but um, this is a real thing that goes on in the league. Like, uh, but the Pelicans would say no because they knew they would know Durant. Like, no, what for if, sure. Whatever the Pelicans end up having to do for Davis, like Simmons, even if we're sitting here going, I'm not, right. I don't know, you do it. Because it, it gives you – you have to get that at least one piece back that feels like a chance at something. That's right. And I don't really know what that is with this Lakers roster. I know what it could be with the Celtics, but still, like, the Kyrie contract thing makes that really tough for the Pelicans to keep them in there as a second bidder. I wonder if a Chicago or obviously Daryl would always try to do something with Houston. If somebody offers Demp something where he goes, you know what, I'm not going to wait and do anybody any favors here, especially with how tough you've made this. Whereas that one piece that I feel like at least for the next three or four years, I have a chance that this guy could be something like well, a just, Zach Levine. Let's know? just be honest. I mean, one of the things that you hear about the, the Pelicans is that Dell Demp's is he does not have over a heavy oversight from management slash over uh, slash ownership. Uh, Tom Benson has passed away. His wife, Gail, has taken over. And by the way, the Saints are right now trying to get the Super Bowl. Mickey Loomis, who is the president of both teams, the word on him is that he lets Dell Demps do his job. You know, obviously, when you get to Anthony Davis trades, it would go all the way up to Gail Benson. But Dell Demps has his – he does not have to worry about looking over his shoulder. If you were in that situation, it were you, and you knew that if you traded Anthony Davis or you lost Anthony Davis – you would probably lose your job. What would you do? You would try everything you possibly could to make sure you don't lose Anthony Davis. You would exhaust every single measure to get him. This is not a guy who has capital built up. So I wonder how much that would play into it as well. You're right about the capital thing. Um, and there's a whole other element to the Pelicans thing that was very uncertain. Like We don't, we don't know what's going to happen right. there with this dual ownership thing as of now. But... If I'm Demps, I'm not doing Davis and Clutch Sports any favors. I'm not. I'm not going to go. Okay, you want to go to L.A.? All right. right, fine. And it's going to be Anthony Davis's father more than it would be Anthony Davis. Like I don't think Anthony Davis is ever going to say this stuff that he needs to say. Well, to that's kind of what you hire. That's why you hire the agent. You hire the agent to right. do. But Rich Paul actually doesn't. He may do it privately. He's pretty good at not doing the public rage against the system thing. Um, as I'll say about Rich Paul, I mean, first off, I've known him since he was like 21 years old. Right. Okay. I knew him when he was basically a beginning level agent who had Michael Kidd Gilchrist and Johnny Flynn. He had Johnny Flynn. I talked to him when he had Flynn. I was supposed yeah. to have Flynn on my podcast. Oh yeah. He just I was like, he's not healthy. I right. should have I should have maintained that relationship with Richmore. Which by the way was one of the things when the Johnny Flynn's career was ruined by a a bad hip. He was a small guard who had a bad who had a hip injury and that was it. Another guy uh, Speedy Claxton, the same sort of thing happened. And so when the Cavs traded for Isaiah Thomas and they knew that there was this hip injury, 
obviously everybody is different, but Rich was like, Rich and LeBron were like, well, because LeBron was involved with with Johnny Flynn too. He was part of the family. And they were like, you know, we saw this with Johnny Flynn. Johnny Flynn was never the same player after he had his hip injury. And, you know, we hope Isaiah is okay, but they just, they just didn't. Do you think there's any revisionist history there with LeBron after it didn't work out? No, they didn't want it from the start. I mean, I want to be clear. LeBron didn't want that trade. He thought that trade was insane because LeBron um, doesn't see the point of trading for a draft pick. And when they heard that his hip was so bad that he was potentially – I mean, initially, the initial doctor's report, they thought he was going to be out till March. This was in August. Like when LeBron heard that, he's like, "Wait a minute! You're trading for a draft pick that I may never see, and a guy who may be out till March." Now he didn't. He came back, I think, in December or January, but he was not effective at all. He hasn't been effective, frankly, since he's not. He's in the league, but hasn't played. He hasn't played in ten months. Um, that was what drove uh, LeBron crazy. It wasn't a personal thing with Isaiah. It was just like, "How could you make a trade? How could you make this trade?" But. I, the point is, I've known Rich since he was a real low-level agent. Mm-hmm. Um, he he is a businessman. He, you know, I, I, I think, and he's he's gonna have to fight this stigma. Everybody has their cross to bear. Um, he's got this stigma that all he cares about is LeBron, and that he only catered to LeBron. And certainly, he's his number one, and that he's got to take care of LeBron. But um, he intends to have a agent career for twenty or thirty years. LeBron eventually is going to be gone. He can't rely on LeBron. The only way you're going to have a long career is by taking care of your clients. And if Anthony Davis says to him, I want A, B, or C, he's going to have to deliver A, B, or C. Now, he can help mold that decision. But just because he represents LeBron doesn't mean Anthony Davis is going to come play with LeBron. And I can just tell you, I've been through the the battles with Rich Paul. I've been through the Eric Bledsoe contract stalemate. I've been through the J.R. Smith contract stalemate. I've been through the Tristan Thompson contract stalemate. I see how this guy works. I've been through the Eric Bledsoe trade demand and that whole thing. He got suspended or whatever. Right, but even before that, it was the Phoenix contract that they ended right. up being like, okay, like they tried to play hardball right. with him, and it was like, I've no, we don't need to this do this. Guy right, so he's won. Yeah. I've seen this guy operate. Okay, I've also been with him when he advised Contavious Caldwell-Pope to turn down $80 million from the uh, Pistons, thinking he would get more, and he has not. I mean, he's not, in, he's not infallible. He's made mistakes. But I can just tell you, Rich Paul operates as a businessman. He will not, you know, do something for Anthony Davis to benefit LeBron. He would never have gotten Anthony Davis if that was the case. So you can choose to disbelieve me and, and you know, do that. But I'm just telling you, I have mountains of evidence of dealing with the guy. And there are. Did this just get contentious? I don't. I don't think. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, it's more contentious to the, the world out there that I hear, not with you. Um, but like, there have been lots of times where I have pissed Rich Paul off, where he's been angry at something that I did, uh-huh. and he'll call me up and say, "Why did you do this? What'd you do this for?" And we'll hash it out and we'll move on, um, because he's a businessman. He is a. Uh, he 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 operates. Um, uh, in a very professional manner. Okay, so now that we've, we've get like, I just don't think he's ever going to go on first take and go, you got to get Anthony Davis out of there. Like, I don't think that that's necessarily going to happen. I don't know what Dempsey's going to do other than, like, you can sit there and say, well, if he trades him, then he knows he's going to be fired. I don't know how long he's going to be there anyway. I, 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 I don't. So would, would he be against trading him before the deadline? Because if Davis and Rich Paul are saying you can offer the 239, it doesn't matter. 
Would Demps then say, no, well, guess what? You're going to come back and you're going to play your final year here because we're still in this ownership flux and I still have the GM gig? Like that's, of all the options, I'm not saying he's going to get traded before the deadline, but I still have a hard time believing from everything that I've heard that he, that Demps would just play chicken with him and decide like to spite him and make him come back in October of next year. Well, the behavior that the Pelicans are showing right now, which is that they are being aggressive in the trade market, um, Nico Miritich is the guy that they've been offering around. Uh, Etwan. He's Moore. been good for them, you know. That's I know. The problem. They've actually since they since since Miritich came back, they've they've they're two and two. They lost last night to. Um, they were good last night too. I think the two wins are like over Cleveland. <laughs> no, but I felt I was despite the fact you know Steph burned them, but he's done that to everybody. Right. I found that their competitiveness right. in an absurd Warriors Oracle game was actually a positive. Like, I was impressed with the Pelicans in that yeah, game. Yeah, I, I think they are hoping that getting fully healthy, because they didn't have Alfred Payton and they didn't have Miritich for a huge stretch. Mm-hmm. I think Payton's only played in less than 10 games. That those that, that will help them right the ship. The Pelicans are in a really difficult portion of schedule right now, from now and basically until the trade deadline. Once they get through that portion of schedule, they're hoping that their health and everything helps them turn it around. And remember, last year... They were like the best team in the NBA from mid-January on. They're still clinging to that possibility they can get back to that. Is that realistic? I don't know. But the way that the Pelicans are behaving, the things that they're saying to people, and the trade negotiations that they've had is not a team that looks like it's getting ready to make an Anthony Davis trade. It looks like a team that's trying everything they can to hold on to him. And that makes sense, and I, and I totally get it. But if I were another team, and I think we're seeing this change happen with the Paul George thing and, you know, look – Toronto's hopeful through this. I still would bet against it. But you just can see how leagues work sometimes where they go, hey, you know, even if he's going to leave after a year, like, why don't we just, why don't we throw them this one piece? Like, what I just don't think that the Pelicans can do is, and I get into fights with Lakers people about this, is that I like a lot of the Lakers pieces, but I don't like any of them enough to be the one thing that I'm betting on. For Anthony Davis. No, plus you don't want to trade him to the Lakers. Like if the Lakers have the most overwhelming, if they had like an overwhelming offer, you're like, well, listen, right. we got to make the best deal. Yeah. But if the Lakers they had Tatum. The Lakers aren't winning a tie. So this Kyrie thing got weird quick. Um, you've known him a long what time. What do you think of that? Uh, I have a hard time with Kyrie. I find I have a hard time with uh, some of the Duke alums in general. I don't know you what. You and go- I are talking on the same wave. Like I, I have to say that. Uh, what goes on, Mike Shashevsky? I've dealt with him a fair amount with Team USA. I love him, okay? I do I like him. I spent three weeks in Japan covering Team USA at one yep. point. He's been nothing but fabulous to me. His wife has been nothing but fabulous. Uh-oh. But I just I just don't like Duke. I don't have to tell you. I don't like Duke. You know, I remember Danny Ferry, who obviously was a star at Duke. Uh, one time we were in uh, – he was general manager of the Cavs, and I was covering the team. We were in Sacramento. It was a practice day. And um, he offered to play me a game of horse. Okay. I'm playing against a game of horse against uh, a, a freaking NBA player. Yeah, who could shoot. Yeah, and he goes, uh, I'm going to give you – he says, you hate Duke? I'm going to give you a reason to hate Duke. I'm going to beat you at horse without leaving the paint. And he made like, you know, 17 consecutive shots from various points in the paint, you know. But like that attitude is why I hate Duke. Okay, can you shoot though? Yeah, but I can't make 17 in a row. And he never left the paint. I he feel never like, left the paint. Yeah, but don't you feel like you had a better chance there? That was quite the whistle, by the way. Um, <laughs> do you think you had the better chance? You would think you'd be like, all right, I got a fighting shot here. It's well, not yeah, like you I just mean, start pulling up from 30. Right. We, 
but he le- he never gave up the the ball. Yeah, he never gave up the ball. I, it was like I uh, it was like in volleyball, he never gave up the serve. Like like Pam. Like <laughs> he, you know, yes, you know, five footers. Yeah, okay, I can make them. And he was just doing that to antagonize me. But he would shoot like. <laughs> 14 footers from the corner and right, so, I'm not going to shoot 100% on him but he was shooting 100%. So now that we've established you don't like Duke cuz Danny Ferry beat you in horse. Well, I trust me it was before and after. What's uh I don't even think I should ask you the question cuz I want you to take it in whatever direction you need to take it in. In explaining cuz I know how I feel about with the Kyrie thing and I try to separate like the quotes every now and then and I'm like what is this? Um, and then sometimes I wonder if it's just me being old and impatient, which I don't think is always fair because I don't want to do that to younger people. Um, the Celtics are frustrating, but I still think they're very happy with him. Um, but this LeBron thing got really weird in a second, like it, immediately it got weird. There have been times in the last two years, because now that Kyrie sort of has the pulpit in uh, Boston, which he didn't have in Cleveland. Right, which is what he always wanted. Right. He wants all of this. Yeah. That's what he wants. There have been times where Kyrie will speak 800 words or 1,000 words. Like, I know this because I see the transcripts. And if I were just to show you the transcript and say, look at this, you would say this person should be studied by a team of psychiatrists. <laughs> because, I mean, and it's it, it doesn't always come through when he's talking because a lot of times he will start thoughts and then he'll switch midway but there are some Kyrie transcripts out there that if you read you would be like this guy I don't know what's going on there there might need to be intervention <laughs> um now he is an what I would say about last night was was what I would say about Kyrie's game great and strange he was great last night he was awesome and strange after the game as a person he is great as a player and just strange so I listened to a bunch of different talking heads today about this, and I have had insight on the the Kyrie LeBron thing. Certainly not to your level, so I defer there. But it was it was funny watching some people be like, "Well, this is a sign. This means these different things." And I go, "I don't think it really means anything." I go, "I think it's him trying to motivate younger guys." I could understand maybe more like down the middle personalities on that Celtics team being like, "Hey, do we know you're nasty? We know you're our best player, but like you're not that much older than me." And then it turned into this, did he understand LeBron? Because how I understood the LeBron thing is like LeBron loved the idea of playing with Kyrie because Kyrie was going to help LeBron That's right. help you know, reach his goals. It wasn't because they were boys uh, at all. Absolutely not. Right. No. And then at the end, it was it was proven even more so that they weren't boys. And then Kyrie, But when I had heard you know, the long view of what LeBron would be, you know, I'm going back maybe a year and a half, two years ago, it was more about... Kyrie to be like Kyrie would be used. Kyrie would be used to extend LeBron, but it was never like I love this guy and we're boys. Ryan, there were some things that were said by Kyrie and LeBron in the playoff run leading up to his last days as a Cav. And I don't mean like the first week of April. I mean like in the finals. Right, during the Golden State comeback. Where um no no no. The year the year that he left. Oh, the year he... Okay. Like, he demands a trade less than one month earlier. He was saying things. It's on tape that you would think, oh, my God, these guys are boys. Like, LeBron went through this whole thing where he was like, um, uh, I want to hand this off to Kyrie. Someday yeah, I want yeah, to yeah, give yeah. this to him. Yeah. 
And so like, okay, this is what we do in the media. We're like, okay, that's nice. Let, let's run this by Kyrie. And Kyrie would say, you know, I thought a lot about this, about the sacrifices I've made with LeBron and, and not being my full self. But then I think about those days, my first few years of my career, where I was home throughout the whole playoffs. And I think about those lonely workouts in the summer. You know, he's going on and on and on saying this stuff. Great right? detail. And I'm like, and I, cause, you know, as somebody who's around the team, um, you are aware that boy, let's monitor this little boil, this, this boiling relationship between the two of them. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, cause for a while, especially when he sort of took Kobe's counsel and like sort of made himself Kobe's pupil, I was like, you know, there may become a day where Kyrie and LeBron are going to break up, like just cause I just don't think it's going to work. And I remember, as those guys were talking about that, very candidly and openly in the finals, um, that I remember thinking, you know what? Maybe this, uh, maybe we'll move this off the front burner and put it on the back. Maybe it's not boiling. Maybe it's just simmering. Maybe it'll be okay. So we're talking the 17. Oh, finals. yes. Yeah, okay. All right. All right. Oh, yes. Within, I mean, maybe saying days isn't fair, but within weeks of the trade demand, he, these guys were both saying this. When they lost game five, which they lost that series four to one, uh, and by the way, I would say that 2017 Cavs team, over the history of the course of the history of the NBA, probably wins the title a lot of times. Um, they went 12 and one in the East playoffs. They had Kyrie, LeBron, Kevin Love, all healthy. J.R. Smith hadn't gone off the reservation yet. Yeah. <laughs> like I know that they got throttled by maybe one of the greatest teams of all time that yeah. went to, that went 16 and one in the playoffs, but dropped them into. 1994 or 1997 or 1986. You're picking them against the Sonics. You're picking them against. Yes. Like that team is a championship level team. Okay. They walk off the court in Oakland. LeBron puts his arm around Kyrie. They walk into the, again, this is, I'm not making this up. This is not sources said. It's on film. So is it you admitting that sources said is always made up? Well, I'm just saying, so people could say that you're full of it. I'm saying that this is empirically available for anybody to find. He puts his arm around Kyrie, and they walk in the locker room, and LeBron looks at Kyrie and says, we'll be back. Kyrie asked for a trade within days after that. Okay? So this is... I'm left with a difficult way to read Kyrie, because he was, at one point, looking like he was on on the path, and then like days later was like, I'm done. So now I have a difficult time going forward, knowing what we're going to see from Kyrie. And so... When he says this last night, I had some really high-level people text me and go, this is the smartest thing Kyrie's ever said. This is, And I go, well, it is good public relations. I agree. It sounds great. Yeah. But, but- I want to know what is what are the Celtics players thinking? Are the Celtics players thinking, wow, you know, that's kind of cool. Like the, he went, he apologized to LeBron. Like you know, maybe he, you know, he apologized to Jalen Brown. He apologized to us. He gets it now. Like you know, or the Lakers. Like, wait a minute. I'm in the Lakers. The, the Celtics are like, wait a minute. Are you basically saying that we're the we're, young, stu- right, yeah. we're the young yeah. stupid ones now? Yeah. You know, so like, um, maybe I'm too cynical. Maybe because I saw this with Kyrie. You know, this summer I went to North Dakota. Congrats. With Kyrie. Kyrie went to North Dakota to the... Um, the Sioux. The Sioux, uh, the Standing Rock Sioux yeah. uh, Reservation. And he became an official member of the tribe. He and his sister went through a naming ceremony. Um, I was there for the ceremony. 
it was pretty intense, actually, uh, with the drums and the chanting. And, uh, you know, the Sioux were, were not to be messed with. Right. And uh, there, were, there was a time where if you, if you were not welcome on the reservation, you were not welcome, and you heard those drums and those chants, that it meant you're behind. Uh, and it was kind of cool. And Kyrie went through the ceremony, and his sister had tears in her eyes. And he um, was, in far as I could tell, totally into it. He was there for hours. Um, there was the whole, tr- as many people as they could from the tribe came. There was maybe four or 500 people there. And Kyrie shook the hand of every single person there. He said, get in line. I want to, I want to ha- be able to have everybody say, this is, Ryan, I want to be clear to you. This is like hours in the middle of nowhere in, in uh, North Dakota. Like this was not easy to get to. This wasn't like, oh, practice ended. Let's go have a photo op. He took a private plane in there and the closest he could get was still like an hour and a half away. That's as close as he could get. So he, I've flown out of Hartford for years, so I right. understand. He's, <laughs> I was there for that, and I thought it was a really remarkable, cool thing. I learned a lot about his family. Sounds awesome. I learned a lot about his uh, late mother, who was a member of the tribe. Um, he has aunts and uncles that he's just now getting to know. He uh, got the the, uh, the uh, Native American name Little Mountain. I was there to see all that, okay? I've seen Kyrie at all these different moments. I've seen Kyrie. I was in the locker room right after they won the championship where he's just hit one of the biggest shots in NBA history, and Kyrie's emotion was anger. His emotion was anger. For some reason, he felt like he had to vindicate himself against his critics, and he was angry. And in the moments after the title, he embraced his father and his sister, with whom They've been through a lot. His mother died when he was five years old. And then the next thing that he did was FaceTime Kobe in the locker room. Not celebrate with his teammates. He's FaceTiming Kobe. This is just a very great, strange guy. Okay? So when he comes into this, I bring all of this to the table. And I look at this with a with a side eye going, but what's I going think, on here? I think the well. The summary of it would be that you go, all right, I don't know. I don't know what any of it is. Yeah. I don't know what any of it is. And I think that's kind yeah. of why if you're a Celtics fan and you go, okay, you know, you can't get choosy about your stars. And the fact that the Celtics turned those pieces into Kyrie Irving is incredible. And the culture with that team, ownership is terrific. Ainge is terrific. Stevens is terrific. All of these different things. And for all the heat that Boston takes, you go there and you play there. Then you realize, wait a minute, <laughs> having it be this special every single night is actually like it, it, the, the Boston stuff is everyone that I meet that's never spent any time there. They all tell me all the same things. They hate it. You know, younger players don't want to go there. And, all these, and I'm not trying to tell you it's South Beach. I'm not trying to tell you it's like here in L.A. or any of those things. But if you're of the certain mindset of wanting to be at a place where it's important every time, all the athletes end up loving it. They do. It's just it's just what happens. But it's been so matter of fact about this extension after I heard last summer, like, oh, you know, be ready for this or, you know, kick the tires on this or ask around about this. And then, you know, he said the right things. If they'll have me back, you know, I'd love to resign. I felt like that part of the NBA has always been very confident, like this thing. But I don't know. I don't even know if I'd want to pay him that with the, the, the injury history. But, again, that gets into being picky about your stars. not like you're just going to let the guy walk. But I just – I don't know if he's ever truly going to be the guy that maybe he sees himself as. That's well said. I mean, uh, I would say that you've heard the phrase, he doth protest too much. 
You're always good with these when you drop Occam's razor. Kyrie, Kyrie doth commit too much. Like he's like really, really committed to the Celtics. Like he's doing a commercial where he's like, we're going to get number 11 up in those rafters, you know? Um, and I, it's great for the Celtics because number one, it, it, it eliminates the pressure of during the season, anybody talking about this because not only does he say this in front of people, he does a commercial from the garden floor where he's like, I'm going to be a legend. But on the other hand, like, there are a number of different routes the Celtics can go this offseason, and there's a few that don't include Kyrie. Now, do I think most of them do? Do I think it's most likely um, that he's signed and everything's fine on July 1st? Yeah. I think that's yeah. also to add to that would be the one they prefer. It's yes, the I agree. And, and as but, far as, you know, you can get, you know, like Jimmy Butler's not perfect. Right. But you still trade Covington and Sharge for him. Yes, <laughs> you yes. Just, you just do it. And you trade, you make the trade if you're Toronto for Kawhi, too. Um, I think they're engaged. They're not married, though. What else do I need to ask you about that I don't want to leave out? Because I feel like the, I, the potential trade partner list seems limited still. Yeah, I mean, we could talk about trades, but I would just want to say something about about this LeBron and Kyrie. LeBron has is a difficult person to be close with. As a so, teammate or just personally? Well, he's only got a very few guys who have been his close friends. He's got a lot of guys who he's friendly with. But like you know, the 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 Dwayne Wade story and the in the Kyrie story, the relationships on those two are fascinating. You people would most people who know LeBron would say that Dwayne Wade's one of his best friends in the NBA. I think Chris Paul's probably at the top, but Dwayne Wade's like right there. Um, being being close with LeBron is is challenging. You know, Dwayne Wade has paid a penalty at times for being close with LeBron. You know, um, give me an example. Well. I just want you to think about you're supposedly they were supposedly best friends. They go on vacation together. Their families are close together. Is it the opt out thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I talked to Wade about it off the air. I couldn't believe it. Okay. Because I always figured something else was. Well, go ahead. You you said right, it so, up because so so LeBron because you and I even talked about it off the air. We're like, what's going on? I'm like, oh, he must have another extension coming. He opted out of two years and like forty two million, right? They all opted out. Right. Wade. It cost himself millions of dollars by opting out. He needed to go chase the contract in Chicago. Somewhere around it. $10 million. I mean, it's hard to, to be able to do it. And then LeBron flies cross-country with him. They, with they, him? Yes. They're in a Nike jet. They're in... Um, They're in Vegas, right? I just, don't underst- I just don't understand this. And maybe it's just because I'm not uh, an athlete who's worth $100 million, $200 million. I, Maybe it's just I can't... Not it. yet. I just can't relate to this, but... LeBron has has already written the first draft of the essay. He's already met with Lee Jenkins. Lee is in the hotel writing it up. LeBron boards the Nike plane with Le- uh, Dwayne's hitching a ride back from Vegas, where they've been working. They've been working out. Right, they're headed back to Miami. Just so right. I can jump in here, like That's I right. It, right before that, I was told he's he's going back to Cleveland. And I wasn't 100 percent sure, but I felt well, really good Dwayne about it. Dwayne wasn't 100 percent sure either. Dwayne right. thought there was a pretty good chance he was going to go. But then I got a panic call in the middle of the night, being like, "I don't know now. I don't know. He just got on a plane with Wade, headed back to Miami, so maybe he's going back." Well, to the I was really that's, concerned. That's the call I got. Well, here's the thing. Look, what I didn't understand at the time, I, personally, I got played a little bit because it, everything was lining up like he was going back to Cleveland, and then like the uh, the LeBron crew were like, "No decision has been made yet." When obviously it had been right. And so I was a little bit nervous. That's how they are. I mean, it's I, was just, just, I was just a little nervous about it. But how they, can you not be? Because you get it wrong, it's not worth right. getting it right. That's right. I it's, mean, I, I wish. For us, I've know? been criticized for this, but I just 
you know, in, in this in this world, uh, the penalty for being wrong is worse than the reward for being right. It's not even you close. Know, for being four minutes ahead or 12 yeah. hours ahead. So he's flying with Dwayne back, and Dwayne's on the plane, and they are editing the first copy <laughs> of the draft. Like, like LeBron's got it on his phone or his computer or whatever, and Dwayne's sitting there. And they don't tell him. Like, they, they're supposedly best friends. And not only... Is it just like, hey, uh, it's kind of like you telling your best friend that you're going to, hey, listen, I'm, I'm going to get engaged, uh, next week, you know? It's, it's, it's more than that. It's a business thing where like the days in July are going past and Dwayne Wade's exit ramps are closing and LeBron doesn't tell him. And maybe it's a business decision, right? But like he's supposedly his best friend. And so Wade told me that he, knowing he didn't, I don't think he wanted to admit to what you just said because everything you say to this point, like I'm, I know, you know what I mean? Like, I, I maybe know a little bit more about this than you thought I did before sitting down and talking about it, but I know you're right about all this. But I think Wade was like, okay, well, even though I may have screwed myself here, and it would have been nice if he told me, like, the way he was playing it, and it's not like Wade is my, you know, he's not doing me any favors, but we were in Toronto, and I asked him off the air. I was like, I'm not trying to get in your pocket here, but, like, can you help me understand why you opted out of that? Would you? And his whole thing was like, I'm going to get my money from Miami. And then the offers that were coming from Miami, it was like, oh, wait. Like you actually did just cost yourself those That's two right. years of max money. So, so then, um, you know, I've asked Dwayne about this, and I've asked Rich Paul about this. I've never had a conversation with LeBron about this. You should bring it up this week. What Rich <laughs> said to me was, uh, LeBron couldn't. LeBron didn't want to give that weight to Dwayne. In other words, he didn't want him to hold it. He didn't want him to not tell the Heat, put him in a bad position. That was their explanation. <laughs> but I'll deal with the stress so I that would, I can save the forty right. million. Right. <laughs> I just would have thought that um, that would have harmed the friendship, but instead, like Dwayne, he and Dwayne became closer, and so I just I have difficulty uh, understanding that. So NBA guys are just different. So like it's it's kind of hard to be close with LeBron. So in a way, when Kyrie's like, I'm not down with this guy. Like, I don't like the way he treats me. I don't like the way he suns me. Yeah. Uh, I, if anything about Kyrie, like we understand he'd be the worst personality to be sunned. Right. And, to be, like, and little if I'm Kyrie, I'm saying, well, yeah. look, the last sidekick that he had, when it came time for the cookie to crumble, I was on the ground. He was on the ground. So if I'm Kyrie, I'm like, look, this guy's not always going to worry, not always going to take care of his sidekick the best. So when Kyrie says, I'm going to go my own way, I kind of respected it. And... He took a big risk by saying, I want to be traded. He could have been traded to Phoenix. It was on the table. He could have been traded to Indiana, which is possible. Not that that would have been terrible, but. The Phoenix deal, though, wasn't that, didn't they pull back on the Josh Jackson yeah, thing? Yeah, I mean, they couldn't get it done, but he could, sounds... have, he could have ended up in Phoenix. Right. Which would not he have. He also put Minnesota on the list. There wasn't yeah, a match with New York. Yeah, but he ended up jackpot. Yeah. Like, it worked out for him. Like, he, he won that thing. And then he looked really good because LeBron did bolt after a year. And the organization is in ruins. All right? Like, Kyrie won it. Um, like, dude, don't apologize for being right. And not only that, the summer that Kyrie asked for the trade. So, again, 2017, they lose the finals. They're going into the draft. The Cavs have a couple of deals on the table. They're trying to get Paul George. They come to loggerheads. And this is the Pacers version of the events. This is not the Cavs version. They come to loggerheads, the Pacers, and a first-round pick. The Pacers want this pick, um, I think it's 2019, and they want it unprotected. 
Give us this pick unprotected. Because they're playing the LeBron bet. That's right. right. And the Cavs say, we can't do that because we're going to be in trouble. So the, the story on the street is, the story that the Pacers have said to me is that Herb Simon, the owner, was not doing the deal to send Paul George within his own division. Unless Which I he, think is totally overrated. I don't know. Well, whatever. Yeah. But he said he wasn't doing it without the, without the draft pick. Sure, okay, fine. So the Cavs are, are, are stewing here. Because they are like, well, dang, we got LeBron on a one-year deal. We got Paul George on a one-year deal. Because uh, Kevin Love would have gone out in this trade. He would have ended up in Denver. Right, and this is when the Cavs wanted LeBron to give them some indication. That's right. right. And so when you what's happened here in this last 24 hours, especially out of Cleveland, is that, man, if Kyrie had just come to his senses two years ago, uh, you know, they'd still have LeBron and Kyrie. And it was, Ky- look at Kyrie's, you know, young immaturity cost them this. No, 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 no. LeBron said, I'm not committing to this franchise. Now, maybe that was a fair call because he has baggage with Dan Gilbert. And, but, you know, LeBron. But he had enough baggage that he got over it. You know, like, I always think it's funny well, when people say, well, the Gilbert thing, but like, hey, he got over it enough to come back. But and, that was and the thing, like, for four LeBron years. gave that interview, I think it was the Athletic, where he said, I tried to get guys to Cleveland and they wouldn't come. Paul George was ready to, like, not that Paul George had a say in it, but Paul George was like, they, they talked, like, they were okay, going to do it. But how much of this is the Paul George thing and then Kyrie hearing about how he was caught up in this? That's true. I because think that, that's what I was told yes, on the, on the Cleveland right. side, where it's like, hey, but, this was the quote I got. It was like, we told LeBron, here's what we can do. We just need that commitment from you. And instead of doing, and I've argued with people about it, because all you had to do to get the guy you wanted, if you thought Paul George was a better matchup specifically against the Golden State Warriors, and it's like, okay, so you realize you're going to have to give up some stuff, and that's where it started turning into the Phoenix thing, and it was going to be Bledsoe, and it was going to be George, and it was going to be LeBron, and other people just feel like that never, I don't know. Like, I really believe what I had heard about that, and then Kyrie was motivated. Like, yes, so, but, so but what, Kyrie had asked for a trade after the championship. So Ky- you're telling me that that timeline was before... And so if Kyrie's defense is, hey, he had me traded out, I'd already asked for a It trade. was around the draft because part of the thing that was moving was a draft pick mm-hmm. uh, that was involved in the Denver, uh, in Indiana thing. It was one of the current picks. I can't remember how it all worked out. I think it was the pick that... The segment's been terrific, so I'm not going to hold the Denver, Denver against I think it. that Denver actually ended up trading that pick and it became Donovan Mitchell. I think so. Denver ended up trading the pick to Utah instead of to Indiana. But... Um, uh, it was around the draft. And yes, you're right. When Kyrie heard that he was involved in some of these trade talks, because there were other trade talks involved, Kyrie, by, by the way, the, the, the Pacers wanted Kyrie. They wanted Kyrie. Well, of course you want Kyrie. Right. I mean, you'd rather have him than Kevin Love, but, but that was the weird kind of clutch thing of like getting Bledsoe. But they were trying to, they were, yeah. they, the Cavs were trying to come out of it with, uh, Bledsoe, George, Kyrie, and LeBron and have all these wings that they could deal with. The same, uh, concept the Rockets built with. Hey, if David uh, if David Griffin had been there, could he have pulled it off? You know, David Griffin had left by then. I don't know. They didn't pull it but off. But the biggest thing, the reason they didn't pull it off, and that's the part of it with LeBron where you can go, like, it's always delicate with him, right? Because I always say, like, the 90% of it's awesome. But he yes. messed himself up on that one. Because if he wanted – because I had thought, just hearing how people had talked about it, and everybody, as I've – I was always surprised that he came to L.A. and ended up coming here by himself. And I think right. he eventually was kind of surprised. It's like, wait a minute, I'm actually going there by myself? Are you serious? Okay, all right, well, now it's too late because I can't get anybody to go to Cleveland. Like, if nobody was coming to Cleveland with him, like I said, he, he could have gotten Paul George. He just would have had to commit. 
he was going to have to commit to Cleveland. He, just, he elected not to. Because he didn't want to do the thing he hadn't done before when the thing he hadn't done before was always like keeping the franchise on its toes. And you always, that's I right. Never, I never want to get off of my game plan because I never want you to concede anything, all these different things. It's like, yeah, but your approach, which has been so successful, cost you. And now you do have to leave. And maybe a year or two earlier than he thought he was going to. Yes. I think you could argue that LeBron's uh, unwillingness to work with the Cavs the lack of trust that existed between LeBron and the Cavs shortened their window together. Um, I'm just saying, you know, Kyrie Kyrie had his reasons for leaving. LeBron had his reasons for not committing. The Cavs had their reasons for not including that draft pick. And then later on doing a trade that was built around a draft pick for Kyrie. All of them have blame on their hands. It's not just Kyrie. So what I would encourage... Anybody who's trying to go back and rewrite history Any historian. <laughs> is that this just because Kyrie said, I'm sorry, doesn't mean that the Cavs would have had all three today and been looking for their fifth straight finals in the East. Book idea. Ten chapters, all the things that went wrong with different trades that didn't happen. Done. I'll write a forward. Yeah, but that was, I don't that know. was a chapter right there. Is there. Some, That's a great chapter. There's you some there, there's some incredible trades out throughout history that have not happened. That's the podcast I want to do. I want to do a podcast and get the, the first GMs that do it and just open up. Then other GMs will be like, "Hey, I got one for you. I'll do one." I got to talk to you off the air about something, but all right, sounds good. Um, your podcast, the Hoop Collective, yes. Uh, which days? Is how do you how do you keep track of all of the podcasts that you have? You're very. Prolific. I only have two. It's very easy. Two. Still. I have a third one coming. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I only have two, but I got a third one coming. Okay, uh, this actually worked out to be great, man. I, I didn't uh, expect yes. to get this much time. Thank and- you. The Hoop Collective is on twice a week whenever we post them, usually Monday and Thursday. Um, and we just have all of our NBA, various NBA analysts who are out in the field talking about it. We don't have guests because Zach Lowe has guests and Woj has guests. And, like, I don't want to fight with them for guests. I don't want to fight with Woj on anything. Right. No, that's right. Well, I always say Woj is my president. Yeah. Woj. Woj, if Woj were in prison, he would run the yard. Oh, my God. He would go up to him. Oh, my God. For, you know, like, he would be red from Shawshank. By the way, he he kind of runs the yard in the NBA. I mean, in all honesty. Are you going to the game tomorrow night, Clippers? No. You're not? I'm going to no. go. I'm going tomorrow, so I'm, I'm pumped. You're going to see Cousins first uh, run. Yes, because uh, I'm such a huge Cousins fan. I couldn't miss it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Appreciate Thank it.